Welcome to the fifth episode of Beyond the Desk, a podcast of West Ellis Public Library. We'll talk about books, resources, lifelong learning, and what makes our community great. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and today Mary is joining me. In this episode, we'll talk about cooking memoirs and cookbooks. Welcome, Mary. Thank you so much. (laughs) It's a pleasure to have you on this episode. Mary, would you be able to tell our listeners a little bit about what you do at the library? Well, sure. I'm one of the children's librarians, and I run children's programs, a lot of story times with the emphasis on preschool and younger. I also do um, some art programs, too, and I manage the fiction collection for the children's department that includes board books through sixth grade. I also work the information desk and provide reader advisory services for children. For example, read alike, say your kids like something, so I'll recommend something like that. I also will help people find information on a topic at a certain grade level. Um, and I just generally have a lot of fun and enjoy my job very much. My children come to the library, and they always talk about Miss Mary, so... (laughs) Well, thank you. That's nice of you (laughs) to say. A local celebrity, as I always say. (laughs) Well, today we're talking about cookbooks or cookbook memoirs, and I forget why we actually landed on this topic, but I think we were having a conversation about a book either Mm -hmm. one of us had been reading, and I think it was your recommendation about Julia Child... Oh, I, it was either that one because uh, I just, I read Julia Child, People Who Love to Eat Are Always the Best People, which is a very fun little book mm-hmm. um, with just great quotes from Julia Child. So it's not really a memoir in that aspect. But I think we were also talking about how we enjoy just reading cookbooks for to relax And I think we were also talking about Dirt, which was another book that we'll talk about. Yes. So. Yeah, that that makes sense because, one, we talk about a lot of different things. (laughs) (laughs) But also, um, yeah, I do enjoy reading cookbooks just as books. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about why a cookbook memoir would be even more of an appealing topic. And I think it's because... It is a cookbook, but it's a lot more story. And Mm -hmm. so if you enjoy reading cookbooks, it's kind of like the next level because you get more of the the personal life or the often the challenges that the people are facing or Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm going to begin with the book that I always think of when I think of the cookbook memoir topic, and that is Garlic and Sapphires by Ruth Reichel. Have you read this one? No. It is a memoir of Ruth Reichel's time as the restaurant critic at the New York Times paper. Mm-hmm. And the subtitle of the book is The Secret Life of a Critic in Disguise. <laughs> and that's what makes it fun because it's not just her story of going in and reviewing all these restaurants in New York, but it's also the story of how she realizes that if she wants to do a good job, she has to be anonymous, 
and everybody knows who she is as she's starting her job. She actually realizes that she's going to have to go in disguise on the flight between her previous life in Los Angeles to New York because there's a waitress sitting next to her and says, I know who you are. And by the time she gets to New York City, she's, she's worked out that she has to be in disguise and she goes and finds somebody who can get her a wig and she gets makeup done and she puts on these personas it's a really fun book, <laughs> really funny. And she she does include a recipe at the end of each chapter too. Um, so it is definitely a cookbook memoir, but it's a different kind of cookbook memoir yeah. because she's a restaurant critic. Oh. I highly recommend this one. Okay. If, ever, if you've ever wanted to read something fun. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm going to have to take that from Elizabeth and put it on my side of the <laughs> yeah, table. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so it's on my side of the table yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, that looks fun. Do you want to oh. share what's next for well, you? This one, I we mentioned it just briefly, was Julia Child, People Who Love to Eat Are Always the Best People. Mm-hmm. This is just something you can really relax with in an evening. And um, because everyone loves Julia Child's quotes, so mm-hmm. it's just a book of quotes, and um, and with little pen and ink drawings. Um, okay, so of course the title: "People who love to eat are always the best people," and that's the quote. <laughs> and then the other one I love is: "I think careful cooking is love, don't you? The loveliest thing you can cook for someone who's close to you." is about as nice as a valentine as you can give, which I thought that was very sweet. I'll just read one more. Because the one about, oh, this, okay. So this one you can tell, I love onions. So (laughs) it is hard to imagine a civilization without onions. In one form or another, their flavor blends into almost everything in the meal except the dessert. So if you're an onion lover... I was thinking you got to write that one down. <laughs> so, but I recommend um, this book a lot to check out from the library. This book was um, acquired by Elizabeth for the library. <laughs> and um, it just would be a nice kind of fun, relaxing way to spend an evening. And maybe reading it aloud with someone in your family would be kind of great, too. Yes. And also at the back, it does talk a little bit about Julia Child and her impact on American cookery Mm -hmm. and also I found out the Smithsonian has her kitchen in the Smithsonian Museum and so I thought that was kind of interesting too. When I think of Julia Child I think of um, another cookbook memoir Julie and Julia. Oh I love that book. By Julie Powell. Yes. And there's a movie based on the book. Yeah, I never saw the movie. Did you see the movie? I did. Is it good? <laughs> it is. <laughs> I love it. And in fact, one of my favorite Juliet Child quotes, and I'm sure I'm doing it wrong, is she said that a party without cake is just a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That sounds like her, too. Yeah. I think I'll go on to my next recommendation, also an American author. This one is Anne Hood, Kitchen Yarns, Notes on Life, Love, and Food. And she was a, she is an author. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) 
I can see you're thinking about what else she's written. I know the wheels are turning, but they're very slow. Well, this one um, is her story of relationships that have fallen apart, some that have worked, losing a child at five years old. Um, And all the while, her love of cooking. And at the end of each chapter, she has a recipe and tells a beautiful story about her life and all the ups and downs and her pathway through eating. And -hmm. in fact, this is the one cookbook that I actually have used and I've made a recipe from. Um, I made her recipe for chicken stock, which is not very exciting when you say it, but um, it's from her husband. Yeah. I highly recommend it. And there's okay. actually, I reread it, and now I want to try another one of her recipes. She has one for tomato pie. Oh, that sounds good. Yes. Yeah, that sounds, and it's a good time for that. I know. Summer. So, the summer. Yes. Well, my next one is called Relish, and it's by Lucy Kinsley. Actually, I'm not sure how that's pronounced. It's K N I S L E Y. Uh, It's actually a graphic novel, and it's about her life with food. And she was raised by a mother uh, who, her mother and father divorced when she was young, and her mother moved to upstate New York and was, uh, you know, did the farmer's market and was a big foodie and could cook anything and revolved her life kind of around that. And then her father was um, a gourmet. He would go to all these restaurants, and he was really into food, too. So she grew up with two parents that heavily influenced her. And uh, it is a graphic novel, so it is comic book style. So it's fun to see her, you know, do pictures of her family when she was little (laughs) and what her family was like. And at her baptism, her uncle fed her salmon moose (laughs) when she was a baby. Oh, fancy. And then at the beginning of the chapters or at the end of the chapters, she actually has a kind of fun recipe, but they're in a graphic novel style. So it's a little different, yeah. And it's kind of, so there's a lot of pictures. I Mm -hmm. really, the reason why I found this book was I read a graphic novel of hers for kids. The thing that I find with cookbook memoirs and, and fancy cookbooks is there's, if you're kind of a simple cook, yes, <laughs> there, it's a lot of steps for me, mm-hmm. but I like to see people who are good at what they do. Like for this woman, she's a great cartoonist and yes. a great writer, and it looks like she's also a great cook. <laughs> and a funny story for this is that the way she rebelled against her parents when she was a teenager is that she would go to McDonald's. <laughs> So it was so funny. I was like, so I thought that was kind of funny. So, anyways, I recommend Relish by mm-hmm. Lucy Kinsley, and also her other graphic novels. I recommend too. Actually, I think the reason why I like cookbook memoirs is because often the recipes that they include are comfort food food recipes. Yes, and so they are generally simple. Yeah. Think. And I think maybe they feel doable. And also, if there's a story behind why they included them, then you kind of want to make them even more. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe that's just me, but yeah. 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 
a thing that I've noticed with a lot of the cookbook memoirs that I brought today is that the writers are generally struggling with something sometimes. Oh, or yeah. maybe maybe that's not the case for yours, but definitely it was sort of a common thread huh. of trying to find your identity and where you were in the world or something happened and mm-hmm. trying to make sense of life through food in a way. Yes, I agree with that a lot. So <laughs> trying to connect either with your roots or like in relish, it's kind of a coming of age story. Mm-hmm. Um it's yeah. it's kind of like this is the theme it's going to be food but let me tell you what else is going on in the background right and why i'm eating what i'm eating right whether it's i'm happy or i'm rebelling or i'm sad or something like that yeah. and in midnight chicken which is my next recommendation by mm-hmm. ella Rizbridger, it begins with literally a recipe for roast chicken that she made at midnight when she was in the throes of depression and she didn't know what else to do and she was the story is she's lying on her kitchen floor because she doesn't know what to do and her significant other comes in and says let's let's cook something and they make a meal and she that's why she calls the book midnight chicken it doesn't sound like a happy start to Uh um, a book but actually it's a delightful book and also really well illustrated oh look at that yeah i love that so in a way it's kind of a good jumping off point from relish um, that you were talking about and also very easy recipes recipes that i want to eat like she's got scrambled egg on toast (laughs) i could do that one yeah Yeah, you see it's like oh i can do that and these are just recipes for making you feel better i guess and i do love the illustrations with the watercolor Mm. and just like there's a little tiny bottle at the bottom (laughs) of the page yeah so i love this one too and Oh, look at that one. Oops. (laughs) Okay, it's her bookshelves and her desk, and she's looking out, and it's a night sky. Yes, and this is her chapter on store cupboard suppers and midnight feasts. Ah, So definitely somebody who's kind of loves food, and Uh it comes through. And she is also, she's in England. So I think that appealed to me. I kind of read, read cookbooks to kind of, explore the world in a way so uh-huh. yeah enjoy <laughs> when you're talking about exploring the world a little bit mm-hmm. there's just this is just more of a cookbook but it's uh, called Jew-ish and a Jew-ish ish is in kind of let's see what kind of font would you say that was it's kind of I, I can't really it's modern it. modern font but it's like He's not saying that. He's saying he's kind of Jewish. Yes. So this is a kind of a Jewish cookbook. It's it's using Jewish as a beginning point and then... Well, it's using... That's what he's... Yeah, he's saying that he considers himself Jewish, but he's not religious. Okay. So um, he doesn't really practice his religion that way. But anyways, this is a fun book just getting to know... The author, and it's called Jewish Reinvented Recipes from a Modern Mensch. <laughs> and it's a cookbook by Jake Cohen. Mm-hmm. And talking about beautiful pictures, these are yes. photographs. So, oh, But it, the, the cover is just making me yeah. want to dive in. Yeah, hungry. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so he talks about 
how he kind of explores his roots, his Jewish roots, through Shabbat dinner. Mm. And it's not a religious dinner, but it's kind of like him and his husband stopping and having friends over and trying to cook Jewish food. So he's connecting to his roots through food. And it's kind of neat, too, because he's also connecting to his husband's roots because his husband is a Rocky. And so um, so he has all these different influences in his cookery. And it's just a gorgeous book. And he always introduces the recipes. And he has a very light voice, a very kind of flirty voice. He's just, it, he seems like he'd be a really fun person to go have coffee with. Yeah. Um, and so the thing is, though, about the recipes, they are, you know, party food. Celebration food. Celebration food. He doesn't include any nutritional information. Okay. So that's a red For flag. a good reason. Maybe because they're just, you know. <laughs> don't worry about that. They don't work with your diet. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but he also includes a lot of, like, pictures of techniques. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was fun to look at, too. Mm -hmm. So it's just it'd be a fun thing. And maybe try a couple recipes. They are, like I say, party food. And uh, but the one I wanted to try, I'm gonna try in the fall, is apples and honey upside down cake. Oh, that looks beautiful. I'm just looking at the picture. Yeah. And there's a layer of apples on the top, and they all look glazed and delicious. Yeah, <laughs> that's so. That looked like a fun thing to do. So mm -hmm. I recommend this for just a fun cookbook. One thing when you're talking about cookbooks too for for relaxing, mm -hmm. um, sometimes they can be. A little, a little, I don't want to say mindless, but something that can help you turn your brain off. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if you have trouble going to sleep or relaxing, I think looking at cookbooks can really helps me out that way. You can dip so. into them. You don't have to always start at the beginning and it. Right. And at the end, you can say, I just want to look at the desserts. <laughs> right. That's so. where I usually begin, actually. I have to be honest. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's... I agree. They, yeah. they really are relaxing. Yeah. You, you don't have to, I, don't, I hate to say this, think that hard with them. You don't have to keep track of a plot. You don't have to, yeah. you know, do yeah, I think all they're that. perfect for, just as you say, turning your mind off, but not... Yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that you can yeah. read for all sorts of different reasons. Right. And if you're reading for pleasure, sometimes you do want to just do that. Right. And also with your um, Elizabeth Bidesy adult cookbooks for the <laughs> library, um, also one nice thing when you come to the library and look at the cookbooks, you're not really making any kind of commitment. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you're just, you're just, you don't have to worry about, I don't know, when I feel like I buy one, I feel so compelled I have to use it all the yes. time and make or, stuff. Yeah, and... you have to use at least a quarter of the recipes. You right. know, you feel like you have to justify it. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you come to the library, you can just grab as many as you want, and mm -hmm. there's no commitment to having to make anything. Mm -hmm. So that's what I really... And you do buy such a, a nice selection. It's a fun place. It's a fun part of the collection to think about for me. Yeah. <laughs> also a Jewish um, writer, I have another memoir, Savage Feast, a memoir with recipes by Boris 
Fishman. The subtitle is Three Generations, Two Continents, and a Dinner Table. And he talks about his heritage as an immigrant to the States and then how his grandfather is dealing with being in the States as well and how they connect through food and definitely an interesting insight into the culture of Ukrainian cooking and just Jewish cooking in general and and growing up as an immigrant I think that was an interesting piece for me wow. um, yeah definitely I haven't tried any of the recipes I think this was definitely an exploration of a different culture for me but something just very compellingly re- written and and an enjoyable read yeah and for some reason it stood in my mind when when I was thinking about this topic I was thinking oh this one would be an interesting one for yeah. people to to try out they might not know about it but people will know about dirt by Bob yes. Buford because that one has been on lots of bestseller lists right and <laughs> I think it's the, the deservedly so yeah okay um, good because I haven't even read it and right. I don't think I've well it's called dirt adventures in lion Lyon. it's french l-y-o-n as a chef in training father and sleuth looking for the secret of french cooking by bill buford and he's also the best-selling author of heat he also wrote a book about english soccer players he was an editor and writer at new yorker and his wife also worked at harper's bazaar wow and so the um his wife is a wine critic mm. and worked at Har- Har- Harper's Bazaar. So he's coming from a very journalistic standpoint. Okay. And so it's a very nonfiction journalistic standpoint and a memoir, but he also goes into so much history of France, the history of Italy, the history of French cooking, European cooking, and then his own, what he's also doing in his personal life because he meets a restaurateur in Washington, D.C., a French, a French restaurateur, and he ends up deciding to pull up stakes from New York City with his wife and his two three-year-old, two twins, three-year-old sons, and move into France. And then he works in, as, on the line as an assistant cook, I forgot the exact title, mm-hmm. in a French restaurant in Lyon. And it's a horrible, horrible way they treat them. I could never stand it. And he talks about what a terrible system it is. And when you, it's just he was hazed oh all, every day and harassed every day. Poor guy. I know. And then there was a woman that would try to be in it. Yeah, she. and that was, you know, so you had that whole layer of sexual harassment, which he doesn't really call sexual harassment, but he does call people out for the way they treated her. So that was good. So it was like this hor- this horrible system for, you know, French chefs that you put them through so they can become French chefs. And <laughs> so it was just horrifying in some ways. But it, there's also a lot of really great stuff in here. And the reason why it's called Dirt is his favorite French bakery used grains that were grown around the local area okay and and he says that it, the dirt was special uh, and that and it made the grit and made the grains better and made the food better and he called the owner um baker of that establishment bob 
<laughs> Such a French name. Yeah, so, oh, how did his family do in France? They did pretty well because um, because he doesn't really say this, and I think that's a blind spot on his part because he was so talked about all the harassment that he went through in these jobs and stuff, and he, but he doesn't talk about how he has a lot of money. Because uh, there's no way he could move. He, they both quit their jobs. They moved to France and live in an apartment. I mean, it's not like they have maids or anything, but I think most people could not do that. You know, could just your life and, and go just over there. And yeah. go to France and follow right. this dream of learning how to cook and, French food. Yes, and following the dream. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. And his wife was all up for it, too. And then they lived there... Was it five or six years? And so essentially... Yeah, so yeah. I read a little bit about it. said he meant it to be just six months, but in fact it turns out to be five years. Five years. So his kids <laughs> essentially grew up French. His twins. His twins. <laughs> so that was kind of neat. And then he talked a little bit about French parenting as opposed to American parenting and mm. how that was different and then how it was hard... At the end of the book, they do go back to New York, and it was really much harder on his kids oh. then than they when they were three, yeah. because their primary language was French. My goodness! So, because when he was over there, they just always tried to speak French. But then his thing too, he talked about the history of French cooking, and he feels like a lot of the beginnings of French cooking originated in Italy, hmm. which. I think if you're really into that, it's probably a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just to me, thinking it might like, offend some people with that yeah. statement. <laughs> so, but for me, it's just, you know, it's, huh, that's interesting. And he talks um, a lot about the different techniques. The thing, the where he works, the, it was so complicated, it seems like, the things that they did, that it wouldn't be something I would try to replicate at home. But still, yeah, restaurant cooking is different from home cooking. Yes, it is. <laughs> so they pop all the skins off of peas oh before God. they serve them. <laughs> Can you imagine? And oh. it talks about how to do that in here, and I'm thinking I will, I will never do that. But anyways, I really, yeah, so it is kind of on everybody's radar right now, but mm-hmm. I think it's... I really, I really enjoyed this book. Even though I talked a little bit about his blind spots and stuff like that, I still think, in general, it's in general, cool. it's really great and well worth the the bestseller list status. Yes. As I was thinking about this topic, there were two books that came up for me that I really want to read, but I haven't read yet, and I don't know if you've heard about them, but um, the one was "Eat a Peach" by David. Chang. No. He's he opened up Momofuku noodle bar selling ramen and pork buns and completely changed people's perception of ramen. Um because we only think we only thought of it as the stuff in the styrofoam cups beforehand. Yes, or that's the hard square noodles. Yes. I'm not a fan of either. <laughs> and he comes at it from a chef's perspective, so maybe for people who enjoy Dirt by Bill Buford, maybe David Chang's Eat a Peach might be 
one they might want to consider afterwards. And then another one, Crying in H-Mart by Michelle Zorner. And it's the perspective of an Asian American kid in the United States trying to navigate cultural differences between what's expected at her family, in her family, and what's expected outside of her family. She's a Korean American and goes through some troubles in adolescence and the difficulty that she faces. There are many difficulties in her life but that she overcomes, but it's her mother's diagnosis of cancer that makes her reevaluate everything and makes her want to write about food and the heritage that she has. So those are two worth looking out for. <laughs> so great. I just think that learning about food can just help you connect with a lot of other people. Yes. So. And give you an insight into how people experience life. Mm-hmm. And you might not know about it until you read. Mm-hmm. And well, isn't that the case for any kind of writing or reading that right. you do? <laughs> right. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Desk with your host Elizabeth and guest Mary. We hope you enjoyed our recommendations for cookbook memoirs and cookbooks. You can find the book titles we discussed in the show notes. Head to westallislibrary.org for more information. We hope you'll join us next month when Sarah talks with local Milwaukee author Lauren Fox about her new book, Saint For Me. That's all for this episode. See you next time.